There's a lag between taking action and seeing the results, both in terms of those results coming, but also your ability to notice them. And this is important in recovery and growth because it's very easy to feel like you're not making any changes or the stuff that you're doing isn't having any real tangible results. It's quite vital to develop the skill of detachment, to step back and look at your situation objectively. Where am I actually now? What is happening in my life? Am I able to do things that I couldn't do in the past? Right? The problem is, is that when you start healing and growing and recovering, or even when you start doing something positive, like, you know, starting a business or writing a book or anything like that, the growth is incremental. And because it's incremental, it means that you won't notice the changes on a day-to-day basis. If you're exercising or dieting, the results and the gains or the weight loss or the body changes takes time. And often the person doing the diet or the exercise won't notice the changes themselves first. What will happen first is people in their life will start to notice them, particularly people that haven't seen them for a few months. You're like, wow, have you gone on a diet? Have you changed? All that sort of stuff. And then you'll start to see the changes. Then you'll start to notice it. And the thing with this is, is that it applies to all aspects of life. Because once you start, once you start something, everything takes so long. That's okay. But if you can draw your attention to it, if you're realizing that's happening, if you can start doing things to give yourself a level of detachment, you will find that you will feel better for a start and you'll be more motivated to continue making those changes. And that's sort of what I want to help address. And there's a, there's a couple of ways that you can work out if what you're doing is actually working. The first one is just to literally track your progress. When physical therapists like my therapists or physiotherapists or that sort of thing first meet you, a good one will rate you on flexibility, mobility, pain levels, all of that sort of stuff. Same thing for a psychologist. They will get you to fill out particular forms and judge. And those forms will sort of rank where you are in terms of functionality and mental state and all of that sort of stuff. So you, from, from that place, you're able to, from a place of tracking things, you're able to, in a month, two months, five months, 10 months, whatever, look back and go, okay, how am I performing compared to my past results? Has the pain gone down? Am I more functional? Am I able to work more, etc.? So you can very easily apply that same logic to yourself. For a while there, I was using my diary as both a journal, but also as a tracking device. I would track my happiness, my level of anxiety, whether I was working. And then from there, you could look back over it and go, okay, over this last month, I had to take two sick days for mental health reasons. Whereas in the previous months, it was an average of four. And prior to that, those months, it was an average of 10. And you could see the trend moving in a way that you wanted it to move. The same thing for the general feeling of anxiety and all of that sort of stuff. There are things that you can do to track your progress in whatever you're trying to improve upon. 
with exercise, it's very, very objective. How much weights can I lift how many times? What size clothes am I able to wear now? What level of body fat percentage? What level of weight do I have? All of these are very good ways to check your progress. But what else can you do for yourself? I found that developing the skill of detachment to be key, to be able to step back and look at yourself and try and sort of observe yourself from a third party perspective. Oftentimes it's easier for other people other than you to see your growth and your progress. So what can you do to develop the skill of detachment? I read very widely. The idea being that it's a, a way that you can start living the lives of someone else. You can start to get their thoughts into your mind. So there are a variety of different books that you could go down, but honestly, just the fact that you're reading and putting someone else's thoughts into your mind and sort of looking at the world from a more expansive perspective will in turn help you to look at yourself in a more expanded perspective because it will give you context of how you're performing relative to other people. You are just one person in a multitude. So if you can get a better grasp of that multitude, you'll better work out where you are relative to them and therefore where you've come from and probably where you're going. And the final thing I'll suggest that is a great way to detach and to work out your level of improvement is meditation. I harp on about this all the time, but I can't stress enough. It is benefits are are exponential, are just something that is indispensable to mental health and to growth and understanding life. Because what you're doing via meditating, by focusing on the breath and returning your focus back to the breath over and over again, is you're training yourself to observe a thought, acknowledge that thought, and then let that thought go. So when you're then applying that same, those skills to observing your own progress, you're able to observe your inner doubts and you're not grabbed by those doubts. You realize you're not those doubts. You may be, you'll still have the doubts, but they're not as strong. And those lack of doubts are, that, that, that ability to sort of detach yourself from those doubts are certainly something to be worth practiced and harnessed. So like I said, like I've always said, if you, after more information about meditation and how to meditate, I'll put a link down below to my Skillshare courses and to my chapter from how to get your shit together. Both can be accessed for free. The final aspect of this is goal setting. And in particular, using the concept of a SMART goal. A SMART goal has a number of components that make setting them and working out if you've achieved them and measuring them very easy. Basically, a SMART goal is something that is specific. So it's very clear and focused. It's measurable, so you can measure the progress. It's attainable, so it's not crazy and out there too far. It's relevant to your overall goals. And there's a time-based component. So for example, a SMART goal that I'm working on is I'd like to be able to hold a handstand for one minute this year. So what I'm doing is, is practicing handstands every other day and I've got a goal to know and to measure against. So at the end of the year, I will be able to look back and measure my progress, my real world progress against that goal. So I can have that goal written down, be able to do a handstand for one minute within a year. 
you know, free off the wall. You can go into as much detail as you like. And then I can compare my performance to that goal. And what that does is it gives me another tool to detach and to sort of step back and observe my progress. There's a quote that goes something along the lines of, if you want something done, measure it. The idea being that in organizations and with people in particular, if you start measuring it, if you start tracking it, it gets done. So if you have a goal in any aspect of your life, if you want to know how you're performing, if you want to improve, start considering tracking your progress on that area. So that sort of leads back to the diary into the journal. If you're in a state and you you are wanting to recover from a mental illness or you're struggling with your functionality, start tracking your performance. Start tracking where you're at. How many days did you have to take off? How many social events did you cancel? How many times did you self-harm or turn to the bottle or drugs, right? How many times have you done that this week compared to the week prior, compared to the week prior? Are you noticing an improvement and a change? If you're not, if your numbers are going the wrong way, that's a suggestion that you need to, one, work harder, two, get a better therapist, three, read more books, four, try something new. There's ways that you can adapt that. If your numbers are improving, that's suggesting that your work output is good. It suggests that your therapist is good. It suggests that you're reading the right books. It suggests that you're doing the right amount of stuff in your life. Yeah? Because it's very easy to look at your current situation through the eyes of a negative mental state. If you're feeling very depressed right now in the moment, it's very easy to look over your past and go, oh, this isn't actually... My, you know, none of my gains are that great because I'm feeling depressed now. And it's not, it's not that direct and it's not that logical, but there is very much a present, present state bias. It's very easy to have a great day and then look over your past and go, I've always felt great, just a little bit sad on those occasions. And therefore subsequently not plan for the times that you're going to be depressed again, or you're going to be self-harming or suicidal again. And similarly, there's, there's a risk of being depressed and suicidal and looking back at your past and going, I've always felt like this because the present, your present mind frame very much influences your ability to look back over the past. Because if you're depressed, the thing that's looking at the past is depressed. And if the thing that's looking at the, the past is depressed, it will say that you are worse off than what you actually were. The analogy is to, to one of drugs or, or alcohol. If you're drunk, it's very easy to look back over your past memories with a fuzz, the fuzz from the alcohol. And it's obvious that you're not, you weren't drunk in all those memories, but the fact that the person, the thing that is remembering is itself drunk will change and twist those memories somewhat. If you track your progress, if you look back over past journal entries, you are very quickly able to see that you weren't in fact drunk all the time. You weren't in fact depressed all the time. And conversely, you weren't in fact happy all the time. You can look at the past and see the reality of the situation. This is what was actually happening to me. All of this, all of the podcasts, this podcast and all of this podcast in general really is a sort of a, a note to myself, a, a, an expression of something that I'm contemplating and dealing with or working through or have experimented with and played with. I share these podcasts with the world because I know that 
the the process of going through self-discovery and self-improvement is a journey we're all facing, and particularly those of us with mental health concerns and past trauma. So what I want to suggest to you is that if you're getting something from this podcast, there's a couple of things that could add further benefit. The first one is grabbing a copy of my book, How to Get Your Shit Together. This book is basically a combination of all the tips, tricks, ideas, techniques, everything that I've done to improve my mental state. I broke it into six sections. Overcome anxiety, defeat depression, move on from trauma, get organized, find meaning, and follow your dreams. And the reason I broke it into those sections is because my recovery fell into those broad categories. And it's, it's, it's not just a matter of overcoming the mental illness and trauma aspects, but it's also about finding a deeper meaning and following dreams. Because if you only do one, the other side is lacking. Because I found in the past that self-help books and all of these advice books are either geared towards mental health or they're geared towards, you know, getting after it. But they don't sort of have that crossover and help in the sense that if you're following your dreams, you're going to face anxiety issues. It's going to be challenging. You're going to face social issues. You're going to face the the, the prospect of dis- rediscovering yourself. And all of that can re-trigger the past, particularly for people in my own, you know, with, with traumatic pasts and mental health concerns. The getting organized section was put in there is because for those of us that have faced a neglectful past, there is a plethora of things that you just don't know. You just weren't taught because the adults in your life just weren't there to teach you. So I included that section. And, and what I've done with this book is there's about 50 chapters broken into those six sections. Each chapter is self-contained in the sense that you could read one chapter and get the benefit from it without having to read the whole book. And like I always say, I'm releasing it chapter by chapter for free online. So I'm going to put a link down below to where you can check out the book, see the chapters that are already out and read those chapters. And if you would like to get yourself a copy, you certainly can. It's out as a paperback, ebook and audio book. And it's on, a, on just sort of a sort of a humble brag note, it's getting exceedingly popular, far more than I thought it would be at this stage, particularly. It's selling at four books per day and the vast, vast, vast majority of those books are the audio books. So obviously there's a appreciation for it and if you haven't already, check it out. And if you do check it out, please chuck us a review because it really does help. Finally, if you haven't already, that's just my son in the background. He's waking up, so hi, Archer. I've actually, in the room here, I've got my wife and my son. My wife's meditating on her phone. And my, my son is uh, waking up making googly noises, which is great. So I'm going to wrap it up here. But basically, if you haven't already, check out the Skillshare courses. They will help on meditation. I'll put the link down below and you can access the four courses I've got on medica- meditation and the one course on lucid dreaming, which I'm going to add to for free for two months with that link. And you can cancel any time. And finally, if you want to connect with me on social or in online, you can do so on social at Zach P. Phillips. And on my website, www.zachary-phillips.com. Please do reach out. It makes a massive difference to my day when someone's reaching out and saying, hey, I've been listening to your podcast or, or reading your blog for the last two years. I'm blown away. And th- those sounds of my son uh, playing with the meditation timer that I have. So clearly this is going to have to end very soon. And um, yeah, have a good one.